In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Folks, welcome into the Orange and Brown Report podcast. I'm your host, Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. I hope everyone is doing well on this Thanksgiving week. Hope you're enjoying the seven and three Browns. I'm going to have my guy, Fred Griezmann, on here in just a second. But before I do that, I need to talk to you about Indeed. 2020 has already shaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient. When we reach every hire, is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world for with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of all online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month. Honestly, I send my clients there all the time who are looking for remote work during this COVID season and all kinds of other things, or regular work that isn't remote. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And without ado, time to talk to the guy, Fred Greetham. All right, folks, as promised every week, uh, I am honored and to have my friend and the legend, Fred Greetham. Fred, how are you? Oh, doing great. Hard to not be doing great on your health and, and family and Thanksgiving time. Absolutely. A lot to be thankful for despite everything else, and it's so easy to forget that at times, and that's definitely one of the things I've always appreciated about you, Fred, is uh, always have the focus on the right thing. So uh, speaking of being thankful, the, uh, you know, our, our new segment, How's Fred Feeling? The Cleveland Browns are 7-3, and three, uh, coming off a victory against the Philadelphia Eagles. How is Fred feeling about the Cleveland Browns in 2020 at this point in time? Well, well you know, I, I picked against them. Um, you know, last week, just because I, I felt like it was a Raiders type game that you know the Eagles are not the dregs of the NFL. They have a lot of good players and they were getting them back, and I just felt like that was one of those games that the Browns would, you know, the old Browns would have found a way to lose. And um, I, I went into the the Houston, the stretch those three games, Houston. Philadelphia and Jacksonville that they needed to win two out of three and they've won 
two out of two already. The Jacksonville was was one that I was pretty sure that you know I counted as a win. Now that's the one that they still have in front of them. So, I mean, if they can take care of business this week and be eight and three, I don't know how you can fault it. I I feel even the same way at seven and four. But this is the game now. You put yourself in position to go eight and three, and then with some big games with Tennessee and Baltimore, um, you know, in the following week. So the biggest thing is, yes, you've got, you know, big news today was Denzel Ward, you know, came in, strained his calf, MRI shows he's going to miss some time, and that's going to hurt. I mean, they played without Miles Garrett last week, and I don't know what happened to Olivier Vernon and Adrian <laughs> Claiborne, but... It's. I asked Stefanski that yesterday. Why in the world can't, you know, you would think when teams I watch are double, triple teaming Garrett, you would think the opposite end would be having field days, even just average guys. But guys with talent like Vernon and Claiborne and those guys should be just teeing off. Well, I thought the other day maybe 95 actually put on a 54 jersey because that's what <laughs> Vernon looked like. He was pushing the tackle right into Wentz and even making plays in, in the running games, tackling Miles Sanders for a loss there inside the five before the safety. So with that said, if those guys will continue to play like that, that defense – you know, it's like, I know they step up when you're missing a guy, but you lose a guy like Miles Garrett and the defense might have played at least the second half the best best game of the year. And and so, but, you know, you got Denzel Ward and you, you look there on the roster, do you have anybody that's going to step up there? So you got a game this week that might not be as pressing, but I think they can really miss him against the Titans and against the Ravens, and down the stretch. So hopefully it won't be Wyatt Teller where he's out, you know, three, four, five weeks if he could get back in two to three weeks. It'll tell me a little more if they put him on injured reserve tomorrow, um, if Ward's going to be out, you know, if they're worried about him being out for, you know, much more than three, two, three weeks. Absolutely. I think it's interesting. You're right with Miles Garrett. I think the one thing, and it, it just came into my head as you were talking, is um, from what I understand, Miles has a lot of free reign on where he lines up play to play. And I wonder if just for Vernon and Claiborne and those guys, if if kind of focusing on setting up different moves and all of that stuff and maybe having a little bit more control of where they're going maybe was helpful for them. I think having 40-year-old, I know he's not 40, I think he's 37, 38, Jason Peters, who has just you know lost three or four steps, uh, is probably really helpful. But it seems like everything on the defensive line just depends on where Miles decides to line up, and then everything kind of goes from there. So maybe there is a part of that that just feeling confident that, oh, this isn't all about Miles, this is all about me. But you're right. If we can get anything close to that kind of performance from Olivier Vernon, uh, from Adrian Claiborne, when Miles Garrett's back, when Denzel Ward is back, then I think you are looking at, you know, a significantly different team, even as linebackers and sometimes the interior of the defensive line isn't always up to snuff. You have those guys playing that way in the way that they're capable of. That is a different type of team. You are exactly right. But 7-3, and three, um, what is your feeling, a sense, feeling, whatever word we want to use, when, it, when you look at a team who 
has had the building closed multiple times due to COVID. Um, we've had injuries galore, and we'll talk about that in the third segment, uh, just on how we evaluate the team. But do you have a feel for how the team is, the sense around the team about all these injuries, all this COVID stuff, shutting down the and you know shutting down miles and shutting down the field and all that kind of stuff? How is the team doing in the midst of all of these kind of setbacks? I think there's just in general, you know, a lot of us are just frustrated with this whole COVID thing, want to get it past us and get on with our lives. But with that said, um, I'm writing a column about the unflappability of Kevin Stefanski. I mean, nothing seems to phase the guy. He's the same every day, whether they win, whether they lose, whether he just lost his best player, whether he just got his, uh, uh, some great news. Um, and I think that the team has taken on his personality and, um, and I, they just see it as this is, you know, this is the way it is in 2020 and we're going to make the most of it. And the team that stays together and, you know, and follows the protocols and has the least guys go down because of COVID probably will in the end be one of the teams that will be in the mix for playoffs and so forth. So I just think. You know, not being in the building, we're not really getting a sense. It's all on, you know, artificial Zoom-type calls. And, and so it's just a strange <laughs> phenomenon all the way around. But I do think they're taking on Kevin Stefanski's um, his personality and his approach to things, and they're buying into it. I mean, he's done more. I mean, he's already got seven wins. There's only been twice since the team came back in, I think, 22 years that they've had more than seven wins. And um, they've only been in the playoffs once. And they're in the position for both of those things. So I think that when you – when you whatever he's doing, it's working. You know, Freddie Kitchens, you could argue, had the same roster. They have two better tackles they went out and got, which makes a big difference. But – and you added Austin Hooper. But the offense, other than that, is about the same – minus Odell Beckham. And then the defense is pretty much the same. Maybe you added B.J. Goodson, and but you lost Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey. So he's taken the same roster and, and made much more of it. No offseason, no nothing, you know. So there's a case to be made that, you know, Kevin Stefanski is, it could be the coach of the year in the NFL. Absolutely, and uh, we sort of joked about it on an early podcast um, where you said he reminds me in some level of Bill Belichick, and you were mostly talking about how he doesn't give you anything and he's he's just kind of stoic and there's not a lot of information. But I think as uh, there was a video the Browns uh, Twitter feed put out of of him talking to the team, you know, after the game, and he talked about some people are going to call this an ugly win. He said that's a beautiful win, and and he's just there's something about him that. Uh, he seems like the real deal, and and when you've, it's one of those things where when you've seen the not real deal, right? You've seen the 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 Greg Williams being full of bluster, the Hugh Jackson saying I'm gonna have to look at the tape, and Freddie Kitchen just seeing seeming out of it, and everybody before that, you know, you there's just there's just such a long list of the Pat Shermers and Mike Pettins and you know everybody else under the sun that when we've seen what didn't work or wasn't going well, when you see it with Kevin Stefanski, you're right. You see a guy that just is confident in what he's doing. It's easy to forget how young he is. It's easy to forget that this is his 
first time as a head coach, it's easy to forget that he didn't have an offseason. And, you know, rookie tackle, um, new tackle at right, you know, new system, Baker Mayfield in his fourth offensive system since being in the league. You know, it's easy to forget those things, but then you just watch those little videos and you go, oh, you know, it's not a pump-up video. It's not somebody that's going to get you excited to run through a wall. This is, Like you said, it's the same guy day in and day out. Um, how are you feeling about the, the your old Bill Belichick comparison? Obviously, uh, 20 years from now, maybe that we can actually do a real comparison. Are you still feeling pretty strong about just where Kevin Stefanski is as a coach and feel really good about kind of the future going forward? Well, I do um, because he's very meticulous, and I can tell, you know, just he is never late. I mean, if our press conference is at 1230, he's on at 1230. I mean, we've sat in rooms for hours waiting for coaches to show up. And, I mean, I appreciate that. But that just tells you, you know, somebody that keeps to a schedule and keeps right on task. And the reason, you know, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) winning six Super Bowls and doing all the things Belichick has done, you know, would be a, a tall feat for anybody. I mean, but as far as in remembering his rookie year, as a head coach, it's kind of a side note, maybe an anecdote story that that I've told some people. Um, Casey Coleman um, was the broadcaster mm-hmm. that, that called the games for the Browns, and I used to do the stats. And Casey really liked me, and he asked, but he had a good relationship with Belichick. He was one of the few that did. And he asked Belichick if he could take me on the road games to do the stats. And back then, Belichick was in charge of who rode on the plane, and he had the charter and stuff like that. And um, and so I went on the games. Anyway, they went to Dallas one year that year, and they were going to take all their sponsors. And he wrote me, Bill Belichick wrote me a handwritten letter it was on eight and a half by eleven, you know, white sheet of right. paper with lines, and he printed it, and it was in red ink, and it was it was like the whole front page filled up explaining how he felt bad that there was no room for me on the plane, and I'm like, I was <laughs> wow. I was taken back, but I was like, you're the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, you're you're writing this to me about space on the plane, <laughs> and you know, and I. I don't know. I don't think now they don't allow, you know, coaches to do that much. But I think Belichick learned that you didn't have to micromanage. And and when he went to New England and other places, he had other people do that kind of stuff. But he was doing it all. He controlled everything when he was with the Browns, you know, in that regard. And and that just told me, you know, and unfortunately I never thought he was going to, you know, mount to anything, and I cannot find that letter. I have it somewhere, but I have no idea where it is because I'm like, are you kidding me? You right. Know? <laughs> right. It That's a life. You have a life things. well lived, Fred. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those that I'm like, I just couldn't get over though. The head coach of the team wrote me, took the time. It had to take at least five minutes to write that, and you're like, I don't believe this. And I showed people at the time and. Kind of back then was, yeah, he was in control of everything. He wanted to know who was doing everything, and that was one of the part of his downfall, and I think he learned that. But it got off on a rabbit trail, but as far as Kevin Stefanski, I think he's 
that detail, but it's all with coaching and with scripting and with everything. The biggest thing will be, I think, in his adjustment is being able to adapt on the fly. He has with the COVID and some of the schedule things, but I don't know in game plans. One thing that bothered me last year, I think they played the 49ers when he was being rumored to be the coach, and it didn't look like they made any adjustments when they got steamrolled by the 49ers, and I was kind of worried about that. I'm I'm wondering how he'll do, and I think he, I think he'll do fine, though, as he picks up things and makes adjustments. He has done already, you know, in the game. The other day at halftime, you know, they made adjustments and looked like a different team in the second half, both on the offense and defense. Yeah, and I think that meticulous nature, obviously, like anything, you can have too much of it and you can have just the right amount or too little. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of too little. And we've seen people, you know, the Eric Mangini's who wanted to be Bill Belichick and had too much and tried to control too much. And it sounds like Stavansky's probably in the right place where he notices things, he understands details, he's right on time, he's meticulous, like you said, but he's maybe not too far gone where he is, you know, overbearing about everything and those kind of things. So um, I think that's really interesting. Before we get to the third segment, just want to talk to everybody about Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism and probably commitment and my lack of overbearing parents, uh, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, we've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch, especially with Thanksgiving coming up. Hope everybody's excited for those three games. Hope you're excited for whatever version of the Browns are on the field against Jacksonville on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching. Fred, as we finish up tonight, the Browns, I probably can't list all of the injuries. Jack Conklin has missed a couple games. Wyatt Teller was out for a few games. Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr., Miles Garrett, now Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Andrew Billings um, set out, decided to set out the season. When you look at, you know, at the end of the season, how will you factor in evaluating how the, the team did? How do these injuries play out for you as a part of your evaluation of the team? Is it a big deal, a little deal? Is it an excuse if, if you try to bring them? How do you see these general injuries and the amount of them that the Browns have had um, as we look to evaluating the team in the end of the year? Well, I think on the defensive side, Guys, they were counting on, it really hurt them. You know, Grant Delpit starting with you. Don't take yeah. a guy at the top of a second round. You're planning on him being your free safety. And as a result, you get Andrews and Deho, who <laughs> is the whipping boy, everybody I talk to. My son-in-law just was asking me tonight before we got on here, why in the world does he play? Well, we all wonder the same thing. But every day these coaches see these guys and they decide he's ahead of Carl Joseph and Sheldrick Redwine and continue to play him. So, um, you know, Delpit was a big one. Greedy Williams because, I mean, basically, he, I, unless unless something happens quickly, he's not going to play this year. Right. And now you have the COVID thing with Miles Garrett being out a couple games and, and uh, who knows what Denzel Ward's going to be. Mac Wilson came back but was off to a very slow start so I think 
you know, the cliche injuries are part of the game. The Browns haven't had maybe as many major injuries as some other teams have. Um, when you look at their injury reserve list for the season, other than right. Delpit and Beckham. Um, but they have more depth. This team has more depth than than recent Browns teams in many years, and that's a credit to John Dorsey and Andrew Barry for bringing in guys and stacking positions up. So um, I don't think there's going to be any excuses um, because they put themselves in a position – where there's really no game on their schedule they can't win. And I've said it all along. I think this season is about getting them set up for 2021. We all yep. know the defense isn't isn't anywhere near championship caliber, and they have a lot of one-year deals. And offense is what they spent last year, their first year together, putting it together. I think that's what you'll do this offseason is putting the defense together. And if you could just get a taste of the playoffs and, you know, and realize even if, you, even if you're one and done, got blown out, what it's like, I think that would go such a long way in their preparation for 2021. It's so much more refreshing than packing it in about this time of the year and just <laughs> everybody talking about the draft and who who they going to pick or are they going to be the third pick, the eighth pick, the tenth pick, the first pick. You know, they were always in those conversations. And, frankly, it's refreshing to not be talking about that right now. And it's also refreshing not to be talking about who's going to be the next head coach because <laughs> I, think, I think they've got that in place at least for – for the near future. So, yeah, I think that everything's in front of them. It'd be interesting to see how these six weeks play out. Absolutely. And I think, you know, injuries are a part of the game. I think it it will be telling if they can make the playoffs. I think the thing that will also help is in free agency. Uh, you, have, you have players who, you know, can see a team on the rise, can see players they want to play with, and can see a team that made the playoffs and is still on the rise. And so, you know, I think all in all, um, if the Browns can make the playoffs – or be very, very close, you know, just miss out on based on some random tiebreaker or whatever. I think I think you're right. It is absolutely a great building block. And then next year you get Delpit back, you get Odell Beckham Jr. back, you get Billings, all that stuff. So a lot of excitement. Fred, thank you for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. Please enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family time. Sounds good. Hopefully we're talking about the 8-3 and three Browns next week. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, sir. Always good to have Fred on. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Fred Greesom. Uh, look forward to his piece on the OBR, talking about the unflappability of one Kevin Stefanski. You can follow the site at the OBR on Twitter and go to theobr.com. Before we get out of here, bet online. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Folks, I appreciate you. I am thankful for you. Just the opportunity to share with you, the opportunity to bring on Fred and 
Steven and Jake and hopefully some other guys, um, both from the squad, the OBR squad and, and otherwise. Um, I just appreciate you. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, if everything works out, I'm going to try to get Jake and or Steven or Steven and or Jake uh, on for one more time this week. Uh, but travel plans, safe ones, don't worry about that, safe ones. Um, and things like that are just kind of getting in the way. Uh, so hopefully I'll have that out. Uh, but I'm actually going to publish this as quickly as I can uh, so that you have it going into your Wednesday um, before Thanksgiving. So um, please, 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 always, always I'm going to ask you to take care of yourself. Take care of others and go Browns.